Welcome to the Mavens of Marketing, a weekly podcast hosted by me, Rachel Durkin. And me, Carrie Barrett. We talk all things marketing, innovation, sales, and business growth strategies, and the standard tried and true marketing techniques. Come for the conversation, stay for the savvy insights. And the borderline inappropriate jokes. Welcome to this episode of the Mavens of Marketing. I'm one half of your lovely and talented co-hosting duo, Carrie Barrett. I'm glad to have you with us. The other half, of course, is the also lovely and talented Rachel Durkin. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. How are you, Carrie? I'm all right. It's been a busy day, but that's fine. This is always like the highlight of my day is meeting our fantastic guests and learning from them just as much as our audience does as well. And with that said... We have the also lovely and talented Deanna Russo. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Joining us from your backyard in Ohio, which looks yeah. absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to take advantage of this as much as I can until the snow comes in. Right. I mean, we are like soaking up the last couple of days of summer here. And depending on when this airs, we may be full, fully in the throes of winter. There you um, go. <laughs> So introduce yourself, if you don't mind, to our audience and, and tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do, and then we'll dive into teaching them how to do it. Sure, absolutely. So my name is Deanna Russo, and I am the owner of Leverage Up. And what our company does is we work with people to help them understand LinkedIn, to help them use LinkedIn, to grow their business, to bring in more money and to build relationships on LinkedIn. So that's basically it. And I have three kids. We live, um, like I said, in Ohio, just um, outside, 30 minutes or so outside of Cleveland in the Akron area. And I'm so happy to join you and talk to you all about LinkedIn and anything else that pops up. So I, I one of the things that caught my attention um, and I first learned of who you are and what you did through LinkedIn. Somebody had commented on one of your posts and I dove into your profile. And one of the things you had at the top was you grew your LinkedIn account by like five times in 18 months. And I'm, I'm curious, like, hey, let's start with, before we get into the hows and the, and the whys of specific follower counts, what is it that makes LinkedIn such a fabulous marketing tool for both businesses and for B2B companies and B2C companies and individuals? Absolutely. So if I would have known now what I know about LinkedIn when I started on LinkedIn in 2008, I, I think things would be drastically different um, because when I joined LinkedIn in 2008, I treated it more like an online resume. Um, now I treat it as my favorite place to hang out and favorite place to build relationships and get to know people all over the world. Mm -hmm. And while it is a social media platform, I feel like there's a differentiator, a huge one between LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, because, um, while it is a professional networking platform, there's still fantastic conversations that go on that you might have with coworkers. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not like super buttoned up press releases like it was back in the like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, so that's why it is an untapped platform for B2B, for B2C. And it's just a matter of branding yourself the right way 
and then leveraging that brand, hence leverage up, uh, <laughs> leveraging that brand to have those conversations and build those really good relationships. And then you don't come off as super salesy. Yeah. You just come off as a real human. So you have grown, you have so many followers and you grew that following so fast. How did you do that? Well, um, when I joined a company and took on a role as a sales manager. It was a small IT company and it was um, the summer of 2018. They wanted me to use LinkedIn as the primary way to bring in new business. And so, like I said, I had already had an account since 2008, so 10 years. And what I did with it was pretty much nothing. I kept it as an online resume. I would change skills and experience and maybe change my profile picture once every couple of years. But that changed when I started working for this IT company because I said, if they want me to use it to bring in new business, I need to be active on it. I need to see what this is all about. So I started spending more time. And what I realized was that I had been treating it the wrong way for all, the, all those years. So instead of using it as an online resume, I started like I said, spending more time branding myself and having conversations with people. And it wasn't very long before I realized that their strategy of having me direct message people with sales templates, that wasn't working. And so when I started spending more time on it, it was about five or six months, no, not even, about five, four or five months from the time I started getting on till the time I started creating videos. And in 2018, there just weren't that many people creating um, videos right on the LinkedIn platform. And so I stayed consistent with it. I created these videos and it was specifically targeted because this company was a hiring and staffing company. And my job was to then reach out to companies who they'd want to use us for filling roles. I would do a lot of the videos on the hiring industry, on interviewing, on all types of things. And I stayed consistent with those videos twice a week for over a year. And it wasn't until about a year or so later where I looked down, I'm like, wow, how did I do this? Like, I wasn't even paying attention to how the following was growing. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then I realized when I left that, um, I, when I left that position, I said, I, I need to do this. And I had lots of people that I had been networking with that said, this is something and you have an untapped potential here. So I started my company. So you mentioned earlier, you know, you were given like the, the traditional LinkedIn sales outreach strategy. We were given these scripts and you do these follow-ups and it's all timed and it's all templated. But when we were talking before we started filming, you mentioned that you have a, you know, not a super secret, but a very differentiating concept or approach to doing your, or to executing a LinkedIn strategy. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So it's it's called my triangle strategy because you can't have one piece without the other two. So we start with your profile and that's really the foundational piece because as you uh, start to have conversations with people on LinkedIn, if you don't have a really good profile, then what's the point? So you have to work and spend the time on each section of your profile to make sure that it's your best foot forward. And then once your profile is optimized, then we work on engagement and we work on how to have those conversations with people that you want to be seen by. 
And once you've got that down, then we work in the content and how you can make sure that your voice is there. And like I said, you can't really have one piece without the other two. It just, it doesn't make sense. Is there a sort of one size fits all into how you have those conversations or how you start those conversations with the people that you want to know you? Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on who your ideal client is. And really in the end, it is about being visible. So if you are visible to them and you know who you're going after, then um, it's a no brainer because you'll see them and you'll say, okay, that's someone that I think could use my services. So you start to have those conversations and you start to be more visible. Honestly, I can say that I reply to probably 95% of my direct messages that come in yeah, um, yeah. And if someone says, I really appreciate that post, that means a lot. And I'd be more inclined to have a conversation with that person than someone who's sending me a salesy type. Oh my gosh. Like I got one yesterday about something about insurance. I don't need insurance. Right. But, I, so I didn't respond to him. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, if you would have just known if you could, yeah, I could have had a conversation with you if you would have gone yeah. the other way. It's like when they say, I see that Carrie Barrett Consulting is looking for technological solutions. And I'm like, I don't know where you saw that because I'm not, but it's one of those standard template things and they're a short giveaway. And I don't know who they work on. They must work with some people, but nobody I know. Right. Um, So let me ask you this. You mentioned, you know, the importance of branding and one of the ways that you sort of started down that path was you created these videos. People knew you for that. And we understand like you're, you are your own brand. What if you are a part of a sales team or, you know, you're a sales manager, how, how do they use and apply this? That's who I am starting to work with more lately. And I can tell you that it was so exciting sitting down with the sales team recently because I saw light bulb moments come on in all their heads as I'm talking about things that they hadn't really thought about in regards to LinkedIn. Um, It's about having a group training session first. And then if they want to, we can do one-on-ones to work so that I don't... I can give a blanket statement on how that sales team should be interacting. But unless you're doing the one-on-ones, then you really don't get into their mindset and see what's going on and what questions they have. So I feel like it's a good, um, it's a good mix between both group training sessions and I'm willing to do just a group training session, get everybody in one room, but then I'm afraid that if after I leave, they're going to forget. And that's where I have to stay top of mind and, and just a LinkedIn reminder, I guess. So what I'm hearing you say though, from a team standpoint, so for example, I have a sales team and, and what's becoming increasingly apparent to me as we continue to grow is the ultimate importance of processes and being able to follow processes. But at the same time, you can't neglect the fact that some people just have to be strategic and have their own approach and their own angle to doing different things to achieve their goals. And so what I'm hearing you say is this strategy is not necessarily one that should be looked at as cookie cutter, but more as a skill that needs to be learned to be executed effectively. Am I hearing that right? Yes, absolutely. And 
it is not like you said, a cookie cutter. It's not a one size fits all. You can't take LinkedIn and put it into the box that is your company, but you can use it as a tool in your toolbox. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't be, I'm putting all of my eggs in one basket because it's not going to work that way. Mm -hmm. If you don't have other things to complement LinkedIn, then, but if, but if you have potential clients out there and they're looking at your company and they're looking at your personal profile and they like what they see, they're more inclined to to reach out to you. So it, it is about, like I said, the profile, but then it's about being visible to people mm-hmm. that you want to start those conversations with. And honestly, one of the biggest myths that, that I think people have in regards to LinkedIn is I need to be on 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. No, really, you don't. I have three kids. There's no way I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just yeah. not. Yeah. But it's about being on there and making the most of your time with the strategy. So if you have a good strategy, then you're not scrolling, 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 like, like, and not knowing where it's going to go. I think that's the key. So, so you keep talking about the concept of strategy and to me in strategy, at least in marketing and the supplies, marketing and sales, you know, a good strategy consists of three things. It consists of a target audience, the right target audience, the right message and positioning strategy to that audience, and then the go to market, which is the visibility and the DMS and the ways that you communicate with them. So Help me understand, you mentioned earlier, you know, making sure you're talking to the right people with the right audience. Let's say we all, most people don't, but let's say we all know our, our, our audience avatar, their emotional wants and needs, their DNA. How do you find that on LinkedIn? Do you use Sales Navigator or is there some other secret that we don't know about? There's untapped um, avenues of LinkedIn. And honestly, when people ask me about Sales Navigator, I say it's a good tool to use but you should not be leaning on it as a cold call PM crutch as so many companies are doing. Mm-hmm. If I just set up Sales Navigator, I'm gonna make LinkedIn work. And that's not, that's not the case because those people may not reply the way you want them to to those direct messages and then what then you're putting all of it into into those direct messages but it's about being visible once you have your ideal client then it is about going into those avenues of linkedin and i work with my clients on this to that are untapped areas to have the conversations and just not enough what are the untapped areas you really want to know (laughs) i'll let you in on one of my secrets is hashtags it's um when people think of hashtags they may immediately think of instagram where you're piling on one hashtag after another 20 25 30 hashtags but on linkedin you have to be strategic with how you're using it because the algorithm doesn't it's basically like if you think about one of those game shows, the red X comes on if you're using too many. Too many. The algorithm isn't, it's not going to work. But so that's why I say three. But when you're using those hashtags, it is, again, I'm going to use strategy again. It's, I wouldn't use a LinkedIn hashtag if I wasn't talking about LinkedIn in my content. Yeah. So yeah. it is about using the ones that, that make the most sense. Um, and once you get into those hashtags that you know where your ideal clients are, you can start having conversations with the people who are, who are having those conversations there. And the hashtags change with the posts. It's not a That's standard right. set, whatever that you use, right. In terms yes. of the content and who it is specifically that you're, 
Yep. Okay, well, now that we've got one of those untapped avenues nailed down, let me ask you this. What, what does make a good message on LinkedIn? What is the strategy for putting together a good message? When you are scrolling through your feed, you only see so much of someone's post. And the goal is to click, is to have them click see more. So you need a good hook right at the start. And then as you are writing your post, if you are writing in big, huge, chunky paragraphs, yes, it'll look good for a magazine article or a newspaper article, but that's not good writing for online. You gotta have some space so that people can, can skim it because you only have their attention for so long on social media. I mean, they, that's, that's, that's the truth. So having it skimmable, having a good hook, and then using those hashtags strategically and making sure that in the comments, if you are linking anything outside of LinkedIn, if you have a YouTube channel, if you have an email sign up, whatever it is, that you have that in the comments, as opposed to having that link directly in the post, because the algorithm does not favor when you directly send people away from LinkedIn. So that's, you, you gave us a couple really good tips. Uh, so I'm gonna ask you to dig even further in that. What are the top three mistakes that somebody who's trying to use LinkedIn, you know, in order to accomplish what we're talking about, what are the top three mistakes that they make? Mm, there's a lot more than three. But okay, let me well, see if I can use <laughs> as many as you want. <laughs> the first one is to you is to use the DMs as sales pitches without getting to know the person. Mm -hmm. um, the second one is going back to the DM is not using them, using them the way everybody else is. For example, if I were to write a message to you, so could everybody else. But how many people are sending voice messages or video messages in that inbox? Mm -hmm. I mean, how would that stand out to you, whether you were a potential client or whether you were hiring someone, as opposed to just a copy and paste and you don't know where this came from this mm -hmm. message came from but when someone personalizes it that that stands out so the voice messages the video messages and then I would say people that just aren't paying attention to their profile that you're still using the template banner when you mm -hmm. really have you have the space there to really brand yourself and give yourself an online billboard and you're not using it that you gotta you gotta have what you do, who, who you are, and how you reach your clients on that, on that profile. Let me ask you, one of the things that we talked about uh, off camera before this started was what people struggle with. And you said one of the top things people struggle with or that you hear is I, I, the outreach is so hard. It's so time consuming. It's so lengthy. I don't, I don't want to do all that. I want to put something out there that brings people to me. Right. And sort of gets rid of all that pain on the back end, if you will, or the front end, wherever it, both ends. Um, and, and I, I have read in other places that it's, I forget what the number is, but it's like 98 or 99% of users on LinkedIn are not putting anything out there. They're just lurking. Do those two things, do they go together? How do you bring people to you? 
3% of the people on LinkedIn, just 3% are creating content. So that leaves 97% that are not creating content. They may be engaging, they may be um, having conversations in the comments, but that's another small percentage. Yeah. So you should look at your network as all um, prospective clients and possible clients. And when you write a human type post, whether you are, whatever, whatever it is, whether you're, whether it's a personal post or whether it's a professional post, whatever it is, write it in a way that you're human. Um, and those lurkers, you never know who's seeing you. I had someone reach out to me last week. I think it was, it says, I've been following you for a long time. I don't know how long that is, but eventually she reached out and she, she wants to have a phone call. So you just don't know who the people are um, that are just because they're not engaging with your content doesn't mean they don't see you. Yeah, got it. That makes sense. This is awesome information. Thank you so much for sharing it, sharing with us, but unfortunately we're running up on time. Okay. <laughs> so we have to ask you the question that we ask everybody who comes onto this podcast, which is what is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you? I would have to say the weirdest is getting into a car accident huh? and then months later finding out that I had lung cancer. <gasps> Oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> it's, but it's weird, right? Who gets into a car accident and then finds out it's, it's weird. Um, yeah, it, the car was totaled. I was having back pains. I went in for an MRI and they said, well, your back looks okay, but there's something going on with your lung. Oh and next God. thing you know, I'm having surgery within, it was probably less than two months or so from the time that they found it to the time I was having, having it. So the car accident saved your life. Mm -hmm. I was awesome. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Weird. It it's is not funny, but it's weird. It is weird, weird. but it's, it's, it's lovely. I have not had any signs since that surgery. And it's been, um, we're getting close to the 13 year anniversary. Wow. That, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and you're feeling fine. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So let me ask you this final question yeah. of the podcast. If people are interested in learning a little bit more about what you do, perhaps working with you, finding out more about Deanna Russo, where should they go? Is it well, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is, a good, <laughs> is a good way to find me. Um, like I said, I reply to just about all my direct messages on LinkedIn. Um, I also have a website. It's leverageupllc.com. And you can email me at Deanna at leverageupllc.com. But the, one of those two ways is the best way to get in touch with me. And I also am launching an email newsletter. So if you're interested, oh. you can you can sign sign up to get uh, weekly LinkedIn tips. Oh, that's fantastic. And where can people sign up on your website? On the website and on um, right through LinkedIn. In my about section, I honestly, I think ladies, not enough people take advantage of that about section on LinkedIn because you can put so much information there yeah. about you and your business and ways to get into the, all of the products and services that you have to offer. It's a, it's a great way to, to, um, to find out all that stuff.
Yeah, and now you can put a video in your avatar as well. There right? you go. Yep. There you go. And, and there's awesome. that name pronunciation, which I use for something else, but I th I don't think you're supposed to do that. <laughs> it's it's the um the cover story video yeah. is what it turns into. Yep, and yep. then yes, the audio pronunciation. I actually changed that just the other day. I'm like, I'm playing it going, God, I don't sound very nice in this. <laughs> <So I'm> like, <laughs> Say it with a smile, it translates. Yes. <laughs> Deanna, you're fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And to our audience, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Mavens of Marketing. We'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. See ya. It's a teaser. Coming up on the next episode of the Mavens of Marketing, everything you ever wanted to know about AI, what it is, how to use it, the trends that are coming, and oh my goodness, the privacy issues, all of that and so much more discussed with John Wall. It's coming up on the next episode of the Mavens of Marketing.